0: You're a monster! Welcome in to another episode of the Football Monsters Podcast. You've got your host, Caleb, and my boy, Devin. Devin, what's up, dude?
1: Yo, how's it going, Caleb? How are you today, man?
0: Uh, you know, just living the dream. Um, slowly but surely, you know, making it happen day by day. I guess. <laughs> yeah, know. I hear you there. The <laughs> or, American dream, or failing day by day. I guess, depending on how you want to look at it. But uh, right, Devin, we got our buddies back. Who we got? To, who we got back this uh, for this episode?
1: Yeah, we got the Patriots 300 level podcast again. We got Kevin and Eric. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing great. Hey, thanks, thanks for great. having us. Uh, Welcome back, guys. We're excited to to have you guys back for another episode because we're going to chat Bills and your guys' team, the Patriots. So I'm sure we're going to have a ton to talk about. And at the end of it, we're going to go ahead and rank all of our teams that's going to finish first, going to last or last to first, however you guys want to do it. And then we're going to see, are you guys going to make me Patriots fans by the end of this episode? This is your time to shine, boys. So... (laughs)
2: <laughs> let's see what happens got a tall task ahead of us
0: because yeah. <laughs> we've been talking offline a lot too. So you guys know how I'm feeling about some stuff, but uh, um, first things first, man, I know this has been coming up again and I'm really curious your guys' thoughts. It's not in your guys' division, but again, as football fans, um, we're all kind of uh, looking at the product as a whole and, you know, kind of keeping an eye on anything that could be shined negatively for the sport in general. So, It looks like Deshaun Watson's had, um, a couple more, uh, ladies come forth and has put forth their civil lawsuits. And for me, just, just quickly. And again, I want to hear your guys' thoughts too. Um, but for me, man, this just makes, makes the sport look bad. And I think what makes it really more difficult for me, and I was just having an argument on Twitter, which we all love, um, earlier, Is, you know, people asking, well, like, why does this look bad for the NFL? To me, it looks bad for the NFL because they've not really made a decision yet. And I feel like they just keep waiting. To me, it's already shown that this is not great for the NFL. Like, it just looks bad. You know, like, you're making the NFL look bad because it's not one person coming out and it's a he say, she, she said type mentality. It's a he said versus... 23 to 24 other people saying the same thing. So it's, it really just looks poorly on Deshaun Watson. And I think it looks even worse that a decision hasn't been made. Like, is he going to play this whole year or is he going to have to sit out? What's your guys' thoughts on this and how frustrated or not frustrated are you guys?
3: Uh, I I think and me and Eric have talked about this a little bit. I think this could end up being one of the most Browns type of trade where (laughs) Something could come out again and another woman might come out and he may never even play for him ever again. <laughs> um, so I, I would not be terribly surprised if that happened because this is the Browns and we talked last episode with the Jets and the Jets always have Jets things happen. The Browns have a lot of Browns things happen to them too. So yep. um it wouldn't terribly surprise him if that happened. I think it'd be great karma because you're trading for a guy where you don't even know everything. If the dust is settled, you haven't done really your own full investigation to see, is he guilty? Is he innocent? Um, and after reading that sports illustrated article, uh, a year ago, I think it was at this point and maybe a little bit later, um, that was pretty convincing. It was kind of Mm -hmm. sick. Some of the stuff that he was doing. So, Mm uh, and that's not something someone just stops doing too. They, they may stop it for a year or two, but if you're a creep, you're going to be a creep for the rest of your life. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) I, it wouldn't surprise me if he does it again. Uh, so, I think it, it the the Browns get what they get coming for him if, if this comes out. Uh, just because I don't think they did that big of an investigation on him.
2: Um, and yeah, Eric, what do you, what do you think? Uh, I agree completely. Um, I, I think. For the NFL, uh, going back to your guys' point, I think it's a terrible look because the allegations came out well over a year ago and they still made no action. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different because there isn't a criminal suit. It's all uh, civil right now. But still, you have it's it's one thing if it's one or two civil um, accusations. But if you have 23, 24 women all saying the exact same thing, it I don't know how you can't even just put him on the commissioner's exemplist until you find out more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, th- I know he didn't play last year, but that's at least something they should have done. And it- it's just sick. I think the thing that Kevin said is the sports illustrated ar- article. It was out of all the allegations is kind of the most one that brought it to fruition of this is, I don't know how you don't do anything is because that woman didn't even sue because wasn't looking for money or anything. She just recounted her experience Mm -hmm. without any incentive to do it. And she was pretty much backing up what all the other women said. So I wouldn't be shocked if more women come forward. I think that he should be suspended (coughs) while at least I, I think, I don't know how the NFL doesn't. um, I know their personal conduct uh, suspensions are never, they never make sense to (laughs) begin with. So maybe he doesn't get anything. That's a
0: solid point to bring up. Yeah. They don't make (laughs) sense ever. Um, but but no, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Devin and I, we've talked about this and you know, we, we talked about the whole Calvin Ridley thing. So it's like, okay, look, you can, you can slap a woman or you can put, you know, punch her, you can, you know, make advances, you know, for, you know, for no reason other than personal gain with, you know, little to no consequences. But yet if you gambled. (laughs) <laughs> against the NFL. Oh boy, you're out yeah. for at least a year. Like in that that came down pretty freaking fast. You know, so yeah. I don't understand how and that he could wasn't come even down.
2: active. It's it's one thing it's one right. thing if you, if Calvin Ridley was active during it, but he wasn't right. So. right,
0: right. He wasn't even playing. So like even in my head I'm like, is that really that bad? Because it's not like he's throwing a game. He's just basically mm-hmm. yeah. betting against the sport, but he's not playing. So what's the big deal? Right. <laughs> And
1: like, I, I think what I was reading on this newest girls, um, you know, allegations or accusations that just came out, um, basically she stated that she wasn't going to come forward, but they did that. Well, I think it was like on HBO or whatever it was where they did the, like the talk with him, like during like practice and stuff. And like, um, basically he had no remorse. He felt like what he did wasn't wrong. You know, he came out and made the statement about how the one, you know, um, masseuse left crying and he couldn't understand why. And basically, she was just like, this needs to be stopped because, you know, the kind of like you guys said, once you are somebody that has this pattern and do, does things like this, you're not going to stop. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it, it's just going to be a continuous pattern, you know, and it's going to be a cycle that needs to be broken. And this is how it's going to need to be done. But like it's just sad that, the, you know, exactly like you said, Caleb, you know, and like we've talked about, you know, Kareem Hunt, you know, Tyree Kill, all these guys have these, you know, I mean, even Adrian Peterson with the, mm-hmm. you know, spanking of his child. Right, You know, they, you know, with the little bit of the, you know, what they face as far as, you know, minimal to no punishment compared to, you know, the Ridley situation. And the thing is, like, the more I've been kind of looking at this, you know, uh, and kind of observing it, Nick Chubb, in my opinion, is the guy that's showing that, you know, the best understanding of it with him coming out, showing his support for Baker and everything. And that's why Baker hasn't been traded, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. is they, they're starting to realize, like, guys, we're, we don't have a quarterback, you know, like, and Chubb <laughs> realizes too, you know, like I, you know, granted, I think Chubb liked Baker from the start anyways. Um, and you know, of course, yes, the Sean Watson was a great quarterback when he was playing, but like at some point it doesn't matter how good someone is at the sport or how, you know, like right. this is somebody that kids idolize. This is somebody, you know, who is a public figure that's supposed to help make a difference, not just yeah. by playing the game, but on what they do, Yeah, you know, when you decide to play at a sport, and you become a professional athlete, you know, you have to realize everything you say and everything you do is being monitored at all times. You know, you can't just be like a, you know, Joe Schmo on the side of the road that no one's going to know about.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, so
1: it's just the NFL has to step in on this.
0: Yeah. They've, they have to, I mean, I know I was watching, um, I think it's undisputed. Yeah. Shannon Sharp was talking about it. The one big thing that he brought up was just the fact that like, look, Shannon Sharp had a masseuse. Okay, and yeah, that masseuse had to do some, you know, get into the groin area a little bit and kind of dig in because I mean the groin is very difficult when you're trying to make these cuts in the NFL. I get it, gonna have to get in there and loosen some muscles, but he had one masseuse over a 12 year span. Hmm. I we're, we're we're only talking about 23 to 24 that's come out and have alleged this issue, which means he's had more. <laughs>
2: you know, so like. <laughs> There's also the letter he had uh, that he had, I think, like 20 something other masseuses that he's had, like sign a letter supporting him. So that r- that right there is 40 something different. Yeah, masseuses, right. Right. Almost 50 masseuses, five years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. why? Why so many? You know, obviously there's some there's a weird thing going on that that you're having this need. And I know it came out, too, that he was like messaging them through like Instagram and stuff, you know, to get people to come. You know, so like even that's just sketchy. Long story short, I think it all sounds like we're in agreement that something needs to be done, and I think the NFL needs to move sooner rather than later because this is a bad look for the NFL. And I don't really care what anybody else wants to say about it. It it just is. I mean, you yeah. can't let somebody that's had this issue. And again, it's all still alleged. He'll have his day in court, or may not. Whatever settled. Blah blah blah. You know. But it's just hard to sit there and say twenty three or twenty four as of right now could be more that he's didn't do this. Like again, t- two people, one, two, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger had an issue with two girls before, but like not 24. <laughs> like I mean, this is just completely ridiculous. So disappointing. Yeah. And then the and, Browns
2: gave him the biggest contract
1: in NFL. Yeah, history. He got
0: rewarded for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's that say to, you know, women across the, you know, the world that, you know, are listening in and look at that as a sport, you know, that's yeah. it's, it's not doing numbers for the sport, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I have a daughter. She's now, she's two and a half, but like, mm-hmm. you know, you even already think about, wow. I mean, if that's the mentality, she's never going near a sport ever, you know, <laughs> like, because <laughs> if they're untouchable, then what's, you know, what's the point? Cause, cause that's how right. it kind of seems to be. And not to mention the Browns also knew what was going on because they backloaded his contract. He's making nothing this yep. year. Yep. So they knew what they were doing. <laughs> So, all right, guys. Well, that's that. Let us know what your guys' thoughts are on Deshaun Watson. You heard all of ours, and it's not great. Um, But, real quick, if anybody wanted to come follow you guys, uh, where would they be able to find you guys on your social media pages?
3: uh, so everyone can follow us on at Pat's 300 level pod on Twitter and Instagram. And then for, to listen to our podcast, um, you can either search us on any pod podcast platform at Pat, Patriots 300 level podcast or follow us on YouTube as well. Uh, Patriots 300 level podcast. So got a couple different avenues to listen to us.
0: Nice. Yeah. Make sure you go check them out. Um, going to be a really good time. We're having a great time hanging out. So again, thank you guys for, for coming on. But, uh, most of you guys should already know but if you wanted to come follow us and ask us questions, come hang out with us, you can follow us at the Football Monsters. Sorry, the Monsters FB on all of our social media pages. Don't even know my own one. How embarrassing is that, guys? <laughs> so, um <laughs> let's go ahead. We're going to talk about the Bills and the Pats. We're going to go Bills first. Obviously, we'll save the the best for last, right guys? So, um let's jump out with these Buffalo Bills which uh in recent years has become your most hated football team outside of the Jets. Um, Mostly because honestly, man, they've kind of came out of nowhere. They've, they've drafted extremely well the past few years. They brought in some really nice pieces to solidify on defense. Uh, And I think Sean McDermott man has done one incredible freaking job of, of constructing and coaching this team. I shouldn't say just him. Brandon beans there as well, but done just a great job of, of constructing this team and making it what it is but guys won the division at 11 and six. Do you think the Pats uh, can catch up this year? What do you guys think about the bills this this coming season? I, I think it's going to
3: be a, a pretty interesting season. I think one of the things that's going to be a really um, important thing to look at is how is Josh Allen going to do in his first year without Brian Dayball? Uh, Dayball mm-hmm. was a it was one of the best offensive coordinators in the league. Uh, he did a tremendous job uh transforming Josh Allen, because I think we all remember how bad he was his first two or three years in the league. He was overthrowing people, terrible reads. He had like a 50% completion percentage. He looked awful. He was he's one of those other situations where you're like, oh, it's just the Bills again, just drafting a bad quarterback. Uh he really transformed Josh Allen. Is Josh Allen going to continue how he was looking this year? Or is he going to take that step back by losing Brian Dayball? I think that's the biggest thing. Um, They And like you said, they've drafted really well. They've kind of drafted the opposite of how the Patriots drafted in prior years until recently, where they really built this team from the ground up. They had really good drafts. Uh, They're able to, because of that, um, while they had Josh Allen under a a rookie contract, um, trade for some... um, elite talent and get Stefan Diggs, mm-hmm. Uh, but now Josh Allen's going to be on that, um, the high end So i will also be interested to see how this team, <laughs> uh, su- sustained success, uh, based off of that, that large contract. So, uh, I think it'll be pretty interesting. I think it's going to be a pretty tight race for the division this year. I still think the bills will probably be at the top. And I think we're going to talk about that later on, given <laughs> our rankings, but, um, it should be pretty interesting, and I think one of the other key notes, and I think Eric will probably talk about this, is it's a little upset they drafted one of his favorite uh, players in the draft this year, uh, Matt Reza. So we did not get the punt god uh, for the Patriots. So, <laughs>
0: uh, Eric, let us know how, was, I, how was
2: <laughs> I was very um so. <laughs> since I live in San Diego, like I've been following San Diego State football this past year, and then that's how I came to know Matt Araiza. And he was the MVP of the team of a team that was ranked in the top 25. And he's a left-footed punter. And Bill Belichick uh, is, loves special teams, loves punters, especially left-footed punters. So I thought the Patriots were going to draft Areza. And then he fell in the draft. Patriots were drafting around 180. They were drafting 182 in the, sec- in the sixth round. The Bills at 180 picked Matt Areza. I was so upset. <laughs> Almost had him.
0: You still have your <laughs> TV though, right? Like you didn't you didn't throw anything at the TV? Okay. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't. I, I had to
2: show great restraint. But <laughs> uh,
0: well, I'm I'm glad to hear that. Uh, so <laughs> so, other than Matt Areza, what's your uh, what's your thought on on the Bills this season? Uh, do you think they're going to be able to sustain I think that it's, success? I think it's at least in the AFC. I, AFC
2: East but also AFC in general, I think they are going to be one of the top teams. Um, I think Kevin brought up a really good point of how much of an impact did Brian Dable have Mm and him leaving. Is that going to have an effect on Josh Allen? Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh Allen, even though last year he did play really well, he was inconsistent at times. Um, Two of his best games were the last two games against the Patriots. Unfortunately, the last regular season game against the Patriots and then in the playoffs, then even against the chiefs, he was outstanding. (laughs) But then mixed in between, he had some pretty awful games against some bad teams. So I don't know if it's him playing down or him just overlooking bad opponents. Um, But he wasn't always that consistent elite player. So I think that's, he is still young. I wonder if it's just as he gets more experience, if that'll come or if he is, sometimes he just doesn't read a defense right or if uh, he was just overlooking uh, some things. But he does have all the talent in the world. So it's kind of tough to say that until another team shows that they can beat them, that it's tough to say that the Bills aren't going to be right there in the AFC. They didn't make many moves on the off season, um, free agency wise or trade wise. They got Von Miller, which is a big ad. I know he's getting up in age, uh, but like we saw in the playoffs last year, it doesn't really matter what, as long as you make the playoffs, it doesn't really matter how well he performs in the regular season. He always seems to show up in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So I think he could definitely be a big ad. They drafted Kier Alim, who I think is, was a really good pick for them, a cornerback. And then they drafted James Cook in the second round, uh, Dalvin Cook's brother and their running backs weren't great last year. So I I think adding him will definitely try one of their biggest issues last year for the bills was they were really one dimensional. They couldn't really run the ball effectively. So defenses knew that the bills were going to pass or they were going to rush with Josh Allen. So if cook is able to perform well and t- that might be able to take some heat off Josh Allen where they can mix in some runs and then make the defenses off balance.
0: Yeah. Devin, I know you're itching to talk about your boy, James cook. It's really funny. Cause yeah. I'm gonna make you hold off a little bit anyway, because we all thought that Brees <laughs> Hall was going to be going here. <laughs> like I think the whole entire country yeah. felt like Brees Hall was going to be a perfect fit for the Buffalo bills. They now have yeah. this bell cow running back that fits <laughs> This offense literally head to toe and they didn't take him, and they ended up going with James Cook, uh, which again, Devin, I'll let you now have the floor and talk about your boy, James.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, a huge fan of James Cook. I, he's definitely not the runner that Dalvin is, you know, so he's not going to be that in between the tackles kind of guy that, you know, we could have seen with Brees Hall for them, but what he brings great to it is the shiftiness in the receiving game. And I think that's going to be something that, you know, is really going to be helpful to them. I think, um, you know, they'll kind of use him in Singletary. Um, I don't think Zach Moss proved to be what they thought he was going to be at, you know, at all. And so I think it'll still be Singletary. That'll be kind of taking the looks with James Cook some. And um, Singletary has his moments of getting those short yardages. Um, Of course, a lot of the short yardage runs, you know, the goal line runs, you know, like you guys said, that's the Josh Allen show, you know, like he, he's the one that does that but now we've got McDermott coming out and expressing how he doesn't want Josh Allen to rush as much as he was, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of like you guys were just talking about, you know, is that going to start playing a factor in because now Allen's going to start having to think about, okay, I want to scramble here, but no coach doesn't want me to. And what is that going to do, you know, for his accuracy or for, you know, his play calling, you know, what, how is he going to be able to, you know, adjust on the fly with that? Um, so I'm going to be very intrigued to kind of see, they did bring in Jamison Crowder as well, who, you know, had a few moments, you know, here and there with the Jets where he, you know, kind of shined and, you know, is interesting between him, Gabriel Davis, you know, of course, Diggs. And then I know, Caleb, you were kind of high on Khalil Shakar. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, they definitely have a good receiving core, you know, and, you know, Josh Allen definitely has the arm, but it's going to be, you know, like you guys were stating, you know, how is it going to be with the new shift and you know uh play calling and you know them not wanting to run as much um and then you know you talked to about him already but you know Von Miller signing was huge for him and you know even with getting up in age uh, the thing is you can't buy veteran leadership yeah, I mean, you yeah. can buy it. You they can't. You know, <laughs> they definitely yeah, yeah, bought it. They, they did, but like, <laughs> you, you, I guess what I mean by that is like, you know, it, all the money in the world can't teach that leadership. That's something that a player just has in them. <laughs> That's and funny. Von Miller has that in him, you know? <laughs> and so I, I, I really enjoy Von Miller and I think that he's going to bring a lot to that defense. And yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, unfortunately I I think, you know, the bills are going to be another one of those top contenders.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Look at their weaknesses. Okay. They had no run game. They brought in James Cook, who mm-hmm. can run between the tackles if needed. He's not going to be a powerhouse through there. Uh, they needed help out of the backfield in the receiving game, which they didn't have, which he also fits. They needed cornerback help. They went out and got arguably one of the top mm-hmm. three to four corners in the draft. And then again, solidified, you know, having Khalil Shakar who if anybody has still not watched him for whatever freaking reason, just because you don't want to, I don't care, but you need to go watch just game film. He is literally like a highlight reel. If he was slightly bigger and played not at Boise state and actually at like Ohio state or an LSU or like one of those topper in schools, he would have been a first round wide receiver. He's that freaking good. He's just a little on the smaller side and he's at a smaller school. But I think he is absolutely incredible. Has some of the best hands that's coming out in this draft. He's a dark horse for me in any dynasty league. You need to draft him um, for sure because he will. His upside is just tremendous. But they brought in Von Miller again, like we've already brought up, and then again Jamison Crowder. And let's not forget that they also got OJ Howard. Which say what you will, (laughs) he hasn't been overly impressive. But it just takes a little spark, and then maybe in the right. Um, system, this guy could be a huge monster because he's literally a huge monster. Like he's like six seven. So yeah, I mean, I always, I, I'm not the. I have a buddy that's an OJ Howard Truther. He's he's loved him forever. But I mean, seriously, <laughs> he he could be incredible if if given the you know in a better opportunity and used correctly. And he needs to stay healthy. A lot to riding on all of that. But again this, this team is ready to roll. I think they solidified the positions that they were weak in that we saw get exposed in that Kansas city game. And again, they were one coin toss from going to a, you know,
1: which now is in their favor now too.
0: Yeah. Which they also, they also took. Uh, yeah. But anyways, the other thing is, is I know you guys brought up Brian Dable. And the only point I want to make on this is I'm not overly worried. I do. I do like Brian Dable. I feel bad for the guy who went to the Giants, but that's his problem, not (laughs) mine, but um, Ken Dorsey is who they ended up replacing him with as their offensive coordinator, who was their quarterback's coach, who Josh Allen is very familiar with, so I do think that there's going to be enough familiarity there that it's hopefully not going to be such a vastly different situation than they are used to. Um, Obviously, Ken Dorsey, former uh, quarterback in the NFL, so he's used to you know knowing what Josh Allen's probably going through he also happened to play for the Browns at one point which is, like, sucks for him um but <laughs> but you know that's beyond other things uh but I'm I'm really not overly worried just because again that familiarity is going to be there so I think he'll be okay um but it is it, we'll have to kind of wait and see but let's go ahead and jump into what we all wanted you guys to come and talk about which is the Patriots and I'm just going to start here because this has been my question literally the whole off season. What the hell was going on with this draft? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, look, Hey, I've, I've not followed the Patriots as long as you guys have been doing this. I've not fully been invested into the bill Belichick way. Um, I, I don't really understand it, which is fine. That's what you guys are here to tell me where I'm being stupid and naive, but I really don't get it. I really don't understand this draft. So please enlighten me.
2: (laughs) I I think that's a good point. And I think some of us at the time were similarly, I know some Patriots fans still are, don't get it or uh, even Patriots writers, but I, I think it's, they were getting players that they felt fit their team. Cole strange, for instance, he went, he was the, their first round pick guard which I know some teams had him going in the, or a lot of people had him going in the third round. Mm -hmm. This pick actually reminded me a lot of in 2005, when the Patriots drafted Logan Mankins guard with the 32nd pick in the first round on TV, Mel Kuiper was like Logan Mankins. I had him going in the fifth round. Logan Mankins ended up becoming one of the best guards in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, All pro uh, could be a potential Patriots hall of famer, maybe even NFL hall of famer where he was a really tough guard, um, strong, agile. And I think that's pretty much what the Patriots saw in Cole Strange, too. They might have picked him a little too early, but there are some rumors that came out after the other team saw him in the second round. So if this was really the Patriots who they really saw as their starting left guard or right guard, then maybe just go for it. Uh, They did trade Shaq Mason, who is their starting right guard, so there is now a need at guard. Um, So that might be part of the reason, but uh, at least for that first round pick. Uh, Taequann Thornton, he's fast. Uh, I was a little confused at the time because I thought there were some other wide receivers on the board. But he has some speed, and that's something that this team has been missing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how he fits into the offense this first year because there also is Nelson Aguilar, who kind of is a similar type of player. But it is a, this team is missing speed, and he uh, provides another outside threat. So there are some question marks here and there, uh, but I think overall it's it's just for drafting players that a lot of the players they drafted are older players uh, because of the COVID rules and they were able to have more years of experience in college and they're going to have lower floors in the NFL. They might not have as high of ceilings uh, since they're not as young. They might not have as much raw potential, but they're going to, some of them, at least I think their thinking is they're going to provide Able to play earlier than otherwise. And that's something that this team needed was some talent that can play right away.
3: And I think to really add on that too is one of the things that they really kind of changed their way they're drafting, where some of their previous bad drafts, where you could pr- typically look to see, oh, Bill's going to pick these few players because he's picking from his friends. Uh, you would see it where there's like three schools they're drafting from. That would be it. This one was kind of an old school Patriots draft where they're getting players they think will fit their scheme. Like Eric said, um, they're getting players from all around uh, the country, not just those big powerhouse schools that, that they're familiar with. And one of the big things too, if you look at and it's a relatively new um, kind of uh saber metric with football, but uh, they drafted really high uh, RAS score uh, players. So relative athletic score. Um, so mm-hmm. really good athletes, uh, Cole strange, um, it was is ranked one of the highest athletes at, at guard for his position, and if you go down the list. They're they're really good athletes overall. Uh, Tyquan Thornton really fast. Marcus Jones fast. Jack Jones fast. Pierre Strong fast. And um, the the Patriots after during the draft they said if you want to draft fast players you draft fast players. If you want to get quicker you draft fast. If you want to get stronger, you draft strong players, and that's what they did here. And Cole Strange. I don't think he's going to be a guard for the rest of his career either. Uh, if you listen to them after the draft, uh, they think that he could play other positions. And I think center is in line for him in the future. And I think he, he can be a really powerful fast center. I, I think he's got kind of an Alex Mack potential to him. Um, he's really strong. He's really fast and quick. Um, he's really, he's a, a really athletic uh, for that position. Um, so it should be interesting to see. And I think if, if Taequann Thornton hits, I think this could be a great draft form because everyone, the consensus with Marcus Jones is that he's going to be a really good player. And if Jack Jones doesn't have the, the personal issues that he did prior, and that's why he fell, um, that could be a steal as well, uh, along with Kevin Harris too. So um, I, th- I think at first people may be questioning the draft, but if you really dive deep into it, I, I think they actually have a potential to have a pretty actually strong um dependable draft they may they may not have they may have a they have a lower uh a higher floor for this draft they may not have a, the highest ceiling uh but i don't think there's a potential for a really bottom out draft like like they had a few years ago uh where pretty much no one's on the team from that draft so uh i, I think this could be a, a pretty big improvement uh for them
0: yeah i'm definitely Man, I, I i go ahead devin thanks
1: no no you're good i was just going to say i mean i i definitely um I, I was actually in Chattanooga at uh, my <laughs> yeah. girlfriend's family's house watching the draft and, you know, in the night was started winding down and it come up and they're like, Cole strange Chattanooga. And I'm like, everyone, they erupted. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it was, it was a pretty cool experience there with that. Um, but like, I like some of the off season moves too. Um, I know, you know, Caleb mentioned it either this, uh, earlier this episode or last episode with Devontae Parker. Um, I'm a huge Mac Jones fan. Um, he is actually, you know, one of my favorite guys to watch play in the league. I was watching him in the preseason games. Um, and you know, then throughout the season last year, and I I really like what he can do. And I want to say, I read an article, I could be wrong on this, but they said that he like bulked up and gained like 15 pounds of muscle this off season. Um, you know, so I'm really intrigued to kind of see how he steps forward in this year too. Um, but now you've got, you know, guys, even Jacoby Meyer still there, Devontae Parker. I think they still have arguably, you know, if healthy, the best two tight ends, you know, as far as a duo in football, um, with Henry, Henry and Smith. I mean, those are uh, just a great one, two punch, you know, uh, for tight ends. And then I'm a huge Ramondre Stevenson fan too. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I know Damian Harris is still the number one there, but Stevenson really started kind of showing, Um, but I mean, as a fantasy, you know, guy, you know, to kind of avoid any Patriots running back just because, you know, Belichick knows that he wants to keep his guys healthy. And the best way to do that is to let everyone touch the ball. Um, (laughs) but you know, I just, I really, I do like, um, you know, where this Patriots team is heading and that hurts for me to say, you know, as a Colts fan and, you know, always, you know, seeming to kind of just hate the Patriots through the years, um, but you know, now that Brady's gone from there and, you know, now that they have a quarterback that I do like with Mac Jones, um, I think they're going to have a pretty interesting year. And, you know, I think that, you know, uh, the best is yet to come with these guys.
3: Uh, I, th- I think so too. And I think the big thing that they're, they're banking on for this year is really that year two, year three step up, uh, from their players. So year two from those free agent signings, year three, really from, um, those people drafted um, three years ago where they were hit with COVID and that's not really a great year to start out with. So they're really in their like second and a half year. Um, so Uche, Duggar, Jennings can make some big steps this year. Um, and then, and then John Smith, uh, Bourne, um and Stevenson really stepping up this year. I, Eric and I were talking about this before. And uh, I think one of our last few episodes, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if Damian Harris was traded uh, at the end of training camp. Uh, if uh, some of their rookie running backs step up, uh, he is going to, he is in his contract year this year, Stevenson, uh, looked at the end of the year like their their best running back he's mm-hmm. uh really quick he's really explosive and damien harris i i like a lot i think he's a great back and the two of them together is probably one of the best one two running back combos in the league um but based on him being his contract year i, I wouldn't be surprised if, if kevin harris steps up if pierre strong steps up if if um james white is healthy um i wouldn't be shocked at that
2: yeah, I, I agree completely and it kills me because I really like Damian Harris and I think he's a really tough runner. But based on drafting two running backs, um, granted Kevin Harris was in the sixth round, but he did fall a little bit, and I'm a really big Pierre Strong fan. So I wouldn't be shocked if they do trade him. Uh usually the Patriots actually redshirt their running backs their first year, but drafting two if they think that Pierre Strong and or Kevin Harris are gonna be able to step up this year and be ready to play. I wouldn't be shocked if they traded Damien Harris, and then you go with Stevenson, Strong Harris, and then maybe White if he's healthy, or even Ty Montgomery playing a little bit out of the backfield. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you you never know. I mean, cause, so that was my thing is I when I saw, or well, I shouldn't say that when I was watching this take place, I was in there thinking, okay, you have Damien Harris, you have Stevenson, you have James White that resigned. Why did you draft two more? You know, like that was, that was what th- so yeah. you, 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 in my head, you almost have to get rid of one if one or both of these hit. And this almost kind of reminds me a little bit of what San Francisco did last year when they drafted Trey Sermon and then Eliza Mitchell. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: in retrospect, if you're looking, you know, cause everybody's all oh, Trey Sermon's going to be it. And I'm like, do you, did you guys not read anything into who Elijah Mitchell is? He's literally Kyle Shanahan's like version of what he wants as a running back like if you find that guy and if Kevin Harris can fit that mold that Bill Belichick's looking for, don't be surprised if a six round running back comes in and is going to be the hottest ticket in week three or four for waiver pickups, you know, (laughs) like because it's happened. Um, But I agree, man. Like, you know, they have to I I think they have to trade Harris at this point because I just don't understand why you're going to have so many why you would have so many running backs. You know, on your on your team, especially again, if one even if Pierre Strong's the one that hits this year, that's still because brand is Brandon Boland still there?
2: No, like, he's, left he's with the Raiders. Raiders. He's with the Raiders. Okay, so then yeah. never mind. So the I thing got, with James White is he is coming back from a hip injury, which are sometimes tough to rehab from. But he is at OTAs right now playing. So if he's healthy, then it makes sense. If he's not healthy, then yeah, it might make true. sense if you redshirt one of the guys.
0: Yeah. Um so the only thing that I really still want to get your guys' opinion on is and maybe it's just me and again Patriots way because I swear Tom Brady never really had wide receivers either but <laughs> your guys' wide receiver core just you know is very interesting to me so is it is it maybe just me trying to th- think into this a little too much or does even Patriots fan look at this wide receiver core and just be like Damn. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Devonte Parker I, I right now if, is listed as your number one.
3: Yeah. I, I think the, the way the Patriots scheme goes, um, you don't really need a number one uh, wide receiver threat uh, for the way that they like to run their, their routes, the, the way their kind of whole offensive scheme goes. Um, and I think if you ask a lot of the Boston writers to trying to look for headlines, they're going to say you know, they can't win without a number one. Uh, But if you actually really look down deep with this, uh, this team, they don't need one and they have some really good talent out there. I think Kendrick Bourne, uh, Eric and I are really high on, he's uh, a tremendous talent and he's only going to get better. Um, He's probably one of their best wide receivers. He is small though, is the one issue. So you can't be having him line up in the slot the whole time. Um, So that's where Jacoby Myers comes in. He's a little bit bigger. He can take those hits. Mac almost got him killed like 10 times and he still got up every (laughs) single time. So, um, be- between Bourne and then Devonte Parker is kind of what Nikhil Harry never was where the, he's that boundary receiver. He's big. Um, he can kind of get the jump ball and something that they've always wanted. And he never kind of uh, went up to task with that. So I-, I think by having him there, will give them a different element. And then and they have the, the tight ends and running backs, So they don't need a great skill position uh, player. And they also have, let's not forget Nelson Aguilar and, um, Tyquan Thornton. If mm-hmm. one of those players hit and has a be- if Aguilar has a better year um, this year, and I don't think he had a really a bad year because he was playing bad last year. I think it's based on their offensive line wasn't great last year. They didn't have that much time to throw the deep ball. Uh, and you had a rookie quarterback. So I think he's really due for a, a better year this year as well. So between Aguilar, between Parker, between Bourne, uh, and if Tyquan Thornton hits, I think they actually got a, a pretty good room there. Um, they may not have a number one wide receiver, but I don't think they've ever really had a number one wide receiver other than when um, Moss was here and they didn't win the Super Bowl that year. So you can have a pretty good talent and slot talent is really what they value here anyway. And you're never going to have... A uh, prototypical number one receiver in the slot. So I think if they have a great kind of mesh of receivers, I, I think they'll do fine.
2: Yeah, I, I think just one thing that Kevin said a little bit is I think when they brought in Hunter Henry and John U. Smith last year, I think they were trying to go back to that 2010, 2012 mm-hmm. offense where they had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez pretty much running the offense. And then John U. Smith just didn't live up to expectations last year. It could have been just he didn't really learn the system or something else going on. But if he, I think he's the key to this offense this year is if he's able to be the player he was in Tennessee or even better than that, I think this offense can take a really big step forward. I think he's really going to be the key because if you're able to use really, two really good tight ends and that's going to open up the offense, um, it's going to allow Devante Parker if he's healthy and then uh, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Aguilar, you're going to have, they might not have that, have a pretty good depth at wide receiver. So your five is going to be better than some other people's five. If you're targeting the five cornerback
0: mm-hmm. or vice versa. But yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Devin, what you got? Yeah. I mean, I
1: mean, that's kind of where I'm looking at with it too, is, um, you know, looking back, obviously I've watched a lot of, uh, Patriots games as a Colts fan and, it's, you know, kind of like they said, they've never really been a team, you know, Belichick doesn't like to go after that, you know, huge wide receiver, you know, aside from, you know, when they brought in Moss, um it's just never been kind of the mentality that he goes with. He understands that, you know, and it's kind of, you guys mentioned it earlier, um, and I was going to say something that I forgot, but with the bills, with Josh Allen now having that big contract, you know, Brady, the one thing I will say about the guy is he never looked for that big paycheck. He constantly took the cuts. To, you know, help get the better pieces around him. And, you know, that's why the man has two handfuls of rings, you know, um, he, you know, it's just Belichick has done a very good job of learning what works and what doesn't. And mm-hmm. I, I think with what they have, as long as everyone can fit into that. And like you said, if those, you know, if we can get John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, both on that same page, you know, really learn that offense. I think they're going to be great guys to really, you know, for this second year um, with Mac Jones, I think it's just going to be something that could be, you know, spectacular to watch.
0: I will say exactly. I, I, no, go ahead, man. Sorry.
3: I was going to say one thing we haven't really touched. And I think you kind of mentioned a little bit briefly with, with just Mac Jones, where he was already probably a top 15 quarterback last year. What's the jump that he's going to make this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to say and bring the same name in with him, but there was a guy that was here once, and he has very similar traits to him. He's got very good pocket presence. Uh, he trains as, as hard as, as, as the former guy once said. I don't want to use the same name because he's not, he's not Tom Brady. But <laughs> there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just his accuracy and um, his anticipation with his throws and his um, love for football it's just i think he's going to really take that next step forward he, like you said he lost kind of his baby fat he looks mm-hmm. a lot more toned um and he's a lot of people say he's not an athletic quarterback he's actually pretty quick um he's faster than Brady if you watch him during that last he is <laughs> if you watch him during that last that last bills game even though they did lose um he had some good scrambles on there he broke some tackles and he may not be the fastest, quickest guy. He had a faster 40 than Patrick Mahomes did. Uh, so he's not the slowest statue uh, like uh, quarterback that some people think he is. Uh, he does have a little bit of athleticism and I, I think they may start using a few more bootlegs with them. Uh, they did that towards the end of the season. And I, I think he actually looked pretty well with them. So uh, I'm really excited to see the next step that he's going to take. Cause I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback this year. And I think he has the potential to be a top five quarterback uh, in the future.
2: Yeah, I think the one thing with Mac Jones is last year that kind of amazed me is he never really had that rookie game where he just looked completely lost. He had, there were some games, especially later on in the season where there was a half where he didn't play great. Usually the first half, but he, uh, the Colts game, for instance, was one of them, uh, Dolphins game at the end of the year, the first half of the bills game in the second half. But, but in the second half of those games, he actually played really well where that's something that for a rookie you don't really see that much where they didn't really have a single entire game where he just was completely out of it. And we've seen last year, we saw Justin Herbert, and we saw, um, am I blanking on Bengals quarterback's name? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. We saw them take huge steps from year one to year two. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Mac Jones will be able to take that same step, but if he's able to take a step like that from year one to year two, that's even similar to what they did. I think the Patriots have a potential to have a good really good year this year.
0: Yeah, I will say that Mac Jones uh you know when you look at all the rookie quarterbacks that played last year he was the most consistent. And I think it's yeah. because he went to a team with a coach that just they know how to win. And it's just really funny because I remember watching and I can't remember for some reason I thought they were playing the Bills. I think it was, but it was maybe later in the season, I don't know, but the one with all the snow. Where you like, literally they, you, you guys ran the ball. Oh, they, they threw every... it
3: for, uh, I think two times. <laughs> no, I don't even know if
0: they threw it. Did they? I th- I thought they, I thought there was not one pass attempt thrown by the Patriots in that game, but it doesn't matter. Two pass
3: attempts and okay. he completed one. <laughs> okay. So,
0: so even two, I mean, how freaking absurd, <laughs> you know? So, but that's what Bill Belichick <laughs> can do. And I think when you're a rookie quarterback coming into a team and knowing that your head coach is going to always try to put you in the best way to succeed type mentality. I mean, that just gives me confidence as a quarterback and you know, we're, we're definitely going to see. So, all right, guys, I got two things for you. One, we're going to rank real quick. And after that, I'm going to give you guys your last pitch for me to be able to become a Patriots fan this season. And we're going to see what happens. So um, let's go ahead and send it. All right, Kevin. So you first, go ahead and rank your division for this year. So start at the uh, let's go worst to first.
3: So I will go with, I think Eric's going to probably say the same. I'm going to say jets, dolphins,
2: Patriots bills. Okay. I'm saying the exact same. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we, we, we might almost all kind of, go. I'm, I'm going to
1: be crazy. I'm going to be crazy here and I'm going to say the same thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of obvious, unfortunately in this division, uh, I think bills are going to be the clear favorites as they should be. Their team is clearly yep. just a little bit above everybody else's top to bottom. And, I I don't know. I want to almost maybe flip-flop the Dolphins and the Jets, but just because I'm I'm really kind of ticked off at, you know, the whole coaching fire with thing anyway. So I really want them to fail, but is that just arrogant of me (laughs) or, you (laughs) know, you know, so we'll see. But um, I definitely think the Jets are still going to probably somehow screw this season up and Dolphins will, will definitely finish second to last, but um, I do think that the Patriots are going to make a little bit more of a push, though, than I think some other people are thinking. So I I think it's going to be very similar to last season. I think you guys are only like a game out, right? 10 and 7, they were 11 and yeah. 6, right? So I think it's going to yeah, be we, very similar I to that. I think they were...
2: Yeah, they, they started off the season bad, then they had a really good... It was really a stretch, a uh, tale of three seasons. The first six games, they were 2 and 4, then they won 7 straight, and then they were... I think one and three or one and four are the last few games.
0: <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a rough roller coaster. Um, but I still yeah. think that you know you, they're gonna because fu- again that's just what you guys do as Patriots. You find ways yeah. to try and almost make the playoffs. <laughs> like that's just how it is. So I think um, I think it's gonna be very similar. And I think the Bills need to really be careful though because even though that their team is kind of almost locked in to win this division, they could be a game or so swing. Then now they're number two, you know, and, and the AFC, you, if you're not winning the division, you might not be making the playoffs because there's so many solid teams, you know, in this, in this conference to begin with. So, all right, boys. Uh, I don't care which one of you guys go first, but let's, let's just hear your last minute pitch uh, for why I should become a Patriots fan. you want to take
3: it? You can go first. All right. So I would say, um, first of all, uh, Bill Belichick being the the head coach, uh, there's, there's no head coach that's, that's greater than him. Um, he's probably the best. He's the name, probably he is the best, uh, head coach in football, probably one of the best head coaches in all of sports altogether. Um, so there's a winning culture. (laughs) (laughs) There, there's a winning culture here, uh, where we don't lose even, even hell to 2020, we won seven games with probably one of the worst teams I've ever seen the Patriots (laughs) field uh, of, of any year. So Bill Belichick was able to get seven wins out of them. Uh, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen this year. I think they're going to take the next step forward. Uh, They have Mac Jones, who's going to be, I think, a great quarterback going forward um, in his career. Uh, I think he's got a lot of the elite traits that you need to have as a quarterback. He may not have elite speed. He may not have elite quickness, uh, but he has his mind. And I think that's one thing that's going to put him uh, above uh, a lot of the other quarterbacks where when push comes to shove, you have to be able to pass from the, uh, from the pocket and he can do so. Um, so I think with some of the talent that they have coming up, um, they've got, um, Kendrick Bourne, I think is going to be a a star in this offense. Um, so I I think with a lot of the, the second year players, the the third year players from 2020, I think they're going to really, um, click, click this year. And I think they, and I did rank them as number two. I would not be shocked if they won this division. Uh, it's just that the bills have shown that they're the bills, uh, and until someone beats them, uh, I'm going to have to give it to them, but I, I wouldn't be surprised, um, with, with that. And basically how quick they've gotten on defense this year with some of the additions, um, that they made with Mac Wilson, Jabril Preppers, um, going with the young guys, Uche, uh, McGrone, uh, McMillan. Um, I'm really excited to see how this defense is going to play. And I think they're going to be surprised. A lot of people who think that they may not be where they're at.
0: That is solid. I will say just a quick rebuttal (laughs) because I thought it was really funny is uh, Mm -hmm. your Mac Jones thing where you're like, you know, he might not have this, he might not have that, but he has his mind. It just reminded me of like all the girls in high school that were like, well, your mind's not going to outweigh your attractiveness or lack thereof. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of where my head went. Like you might not look good. You might not look like the part, but man, your mind is something else. (laughs) So that's just where my, my head went with that, which was really funny. So, all right, (laughs) Eric, I think it's your turn.
2: Yeah, I, I think I have to echo some of the same things Kevin said, where you have Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft as the owner in place where they have this winning culture. Bill Belichick is probably the greatest football football uh, person to have a football mind to ever walk this planet. And I know he's up in age, he's 70, but doesn't really seem at least to me that he's really lost a step. And as Kevin said, they won seven games in 2020 with Cam Newton as quarterback and a terrible roster. So with some young players that are developing and getting better, I think that this team can surprise some people. I don't think many people are expecting them to, win the AFC East or make it far in the playoffs. If the playoffs at all, I know I saw, I think uh, good morning football had them ranked as the 12th or 13th best team in the AFC, which is kind of surprising because they made the playoffs last year as a five seed. But I think that they're really going to be an underdog this year. And I think they're really going to surprise some people. They might not win the AFC East, but I wouldn't be shocked if they do, if uh, some players step up. And I think as Kevin said, this defense is actually going to be really interesting to watch. Last year, they played a lot of three safety football, which a lot of teams don't really do. But adding Jabril Peppers, uh, so having four safeties, I think they're going to be playing a lot of four safety football, which is going to be very unconventional. Mm-hmm. Having them play in the slot or playing as faster linebackers, it's going to definitely throw some offenses off. And I think it's going to be really exciting to watch. And I think they're going to, it's always great to join an underdog. I know it's <laughs> not used to, we're not used to Patriots being an underdog story but uh, I think you're going to, if you join, become a Patriots fan this year. And I think especially next year, you're going to go along for a good ride.
0: Well, I will say these are very solid, Devin. I don't know what your thoughts are. You're going to be no longer a Colts fan. Now are you going to go to the Patriots? (laughs) I
1: mean, I mean, like I said, I like, I like me some Mac Jones, but uh, I mean, I'm a diehard Colts fan and uh, there's one thing the Patriots don't have. And that's uh, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan
0: Taylor. That's, that's yeah, that's fair. Um, (laughs) No, man. Uh, So thanks. Thanks. I mean, it's seriously something to think about because, uh, and one thing you didn't even bring up about Bill Jelichek, which I do like is his stupid cutoff hoodie thing. Like that's the craziest, (laughs) like no one does that even. Um, and I like Kraft Mac and cheese, which I don't know if that's what Robert Kraft does, but I mean, it kind of (laughs) coincides. I don't know what he does. I don't know what his business is, but if it's It's Kraft Mac and cheese. Oh, okay. Well then it's not the same. (laughs) But anyways. Um, So, yeah, we'll definitely have to kind of wait and see. So, Um, but anything else, Uh, Devin, you got to add about the Patriots before we sign off today?
1: No, I think that uh, that pretty much hit everything with it. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting year and football season needs to get here already.
0: Yeah. Goodness gracious. Come on. Um, All right. Well, thanks again, guys, for listening to another episode of the Football Monsters podcast. And we will catch you next time.
1: Have a good one, guys. Thanks. Thanks. You can
0: hold me back. Yeah, I'm coming for you. I'm not heated on you. No, I'm just telling you the facts. Oh, these chains can keep me down. Yeah. I can be rude, be in the mood. I can be rotten. I can be man like a fool, but never forgotten. weeping in the dark, waiting for you.